Welcome to MSTAR students. We are glad you are joining for today's message. For more information about the ministry, visit our Instagram page and search MSTAR students. Now here's today's message. Welcome everyone to today's teaching uh, with MSTAR Student Ministry. My name is Mike. I serve as the pastor with the student ministry team at Morningstar Fellowship in Quakertown. We are glad that you are joining us today. Just three quick announcements here for you. Uh, in the link below, uh, there is a link to our Zoom hangout call that will happen tonight at 7 o'clock. Really encourage you to join with us as we go through some of the questions from today's teaching. And also we have a little fun activity uh, at the a group activity, I should say, at the end for everyone that is joining. Second thing for those who are living in the Pennsylvania area, as you know, this Friday starts the, quote, reopening phases of the state. Uh, there are 24 counties that are now going from red phase to yellow phase. Uh, unfortunately, Bucks County is not one of those counties at this time. And so we are still in the red phase, which means that we will still continue to meet online until further notice. Uh, once we see the changes of phases from yellow and then to green, we will start bringing out more details of what it's going to look like for us to start gathering. Uh, but in the meantime, I don't have any dates. I don't have anything set up. So we're going to just continue to gather here online. Uh, and the third thing uh, is in regards to Serve Week. I know some people have had some questions regarding Serve Week. Uh, after praying and having some discussion uh, with some of the, the leaders that volunteer their time to serve with the students in the ministry, uh, our goal is still to continue to have Serve Week happen uh, if we are in at least the yellow or even the green phase by the end of July. Now, Serve Week is going to look a lot different than uh, they have in the past, and uh, we are continuing to pray about what exactly that will look like. So I just ask you to join us in that prayer. Uh, our ultimate heart for, for this is to uh, remind ourselves that we are called to go into the community and not the community come to the church, but the church is to go into the community and come to them. And so uh, that is our heart. That is our desire. And we are seeking the Lord to see what that necessity, what, what that necessity looks like at this time. So we just ask for your prayers uh, for that. And so with that being said, we are going to finish up our teaching in Mark chapter 5 today. Uh, and we're going to be talking about faith. And we're going to be talking a little bit more in depth of what faith is, uh, what faith in action looks like, and what some of the drawbacks can be uh, when we don't have our faith in Christ Jesus. And so with that, will you join me in prayer? Father God, I thank you for today, Lord. I thank you for this opportunity, another day to proclaim your message, to teach your word, Lord Jesus. Holy Spirit, I need your help desperately right now to preach your word. There are always some fears and nervousness that I deal with as I preach your word, Lord God. Holy Spirit, I just pray that you just take control my mouth, my tongue, and the words that come out, Lord. God, if this were to be my last message, Father, I pray that it is pleasing to you, Lord God. Father, I pray for all those that are listening today. 
I pray that their ears are open to hear your truth. I pray that their minds are open to see what you are proclaiming. And I pray that their hearts are softened so that they may be transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit to live in accordance with you, Lord God. Father, I thank you for the uh, lives that continue to be changed during this time. And we give you all glory and honor for lives that will be changed here today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. And so we are continuing in Mark chapter 5. We're picking up at verse 21, and I'll be reading from the ESV version. And it says this, And when Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered about him and was beside the sea. Then came one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and seeing him, he fell at his feet, his being Jesus. And implored him earnestly, saying, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her, so that she may be made well and live. And he, Jesus, went with him. And a great crowd followed him and thronged about him. And there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for twelve years, and who had suffered much under many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and was not better, but rather grew worse. She had heard the reports about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if I touch even his garments, I will be made well. And immediately the flow of blood dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. And Jesus, perceiving in himself that power had gone out from him, immediately turned about in the crowd and said, Who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, You see the crowd pressing around you, and yet you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling, fell down before him, and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. While he was still speaking, there came from the ruler's house someone who said, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? But overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the ruler of the synagogue, Do not fear, only believe. And he allowed no one to follow him except Peter and James and John, the brother of James. They came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and Jesus saw a commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly. And we had, when he had entered, he said to them, Why are you making a commotion and weeping? The child is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him. But he put them all outside and took the child's father and mother and those who were with him and went in where the child was. Taking her by the hand, he said to her, Talitha kumai, which means little girl, I say to you, arise. And immediately the girl got up and began walking, for she was 12 years of age. And they were immediately overcome with amazement. And he strictly charged them, not they strictly charged them that no one should know this and told them to give her something to eat. And so here again, we see another 
miraculous uh, physical um, healing, both in a woman, an older woman, and in this daughter of the ruler who was 12 years old, that she uh, became alive. And all that, that is great, but I, one of the things that I really want us to focus on today is the miracle of their faith in Christ. You know, because of their faith in Christ, they, they took the actions, they took the steps to seek after him. They desired after him in believing that he could do what he said he could do. And when we hear the faith, word faith, I think this is one of these words in, in, in our church or in Christian culture that can just be thrown around very easily without any um, real meat behind of what it means. Maybe, maybe you've heard this expression, well, just have faith, brother. In a time of uh, crisis or situation, well, you just got to have faith, brother. You got to have faith, sister. All you need is faith. Faith, 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 faith. Just have faith. Maybe you're like me, and sometimes you need that, well, what do you mean by that? I understand that you want me to have faith, but I don't know what that is. And so, so let's answer that question. What is faith? And faith is a settled, trusted confidence in God based on his character and promise revealed in the scriptures. Faith is a settled, trusted confidence in God based on his character and promise revealed in the scriptures. I'm going to turn to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, and it says this. Now faith, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen, Hebrews 11.1. 1. So another way we can, put, we can word this definition of faith is that faith is confidence that what God has promised will actually happen because God will make it happen. Faith is confidence that what God has promised will actually happen because God will make it happen. Isaiah 46 Isaiah 46, verses 8 through 11, says the following. Remember this and stand firm. Recall it to mind, you transgressors. Remember the former things of old. For I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning, and from ancient times things not yet done saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will accomplish all my purpose. Calling a bird of prey from the east, the man of my counsel from a far country, I have spoken, and I will bring it to pass. I have purposed, and I will do it. So everything that Christ has said has either come to pass, or it will come to pass. To pass. And so faith, I want you to, to gra- grasp this. What is the faith? Faith is having a trusted and confidence in God, knowing that He is going to do what He says He is going to do. 
And so that is faith. That is what faith looks like. And we saw that example with the woman and the leader. The woman heard about Jesus. Think about this. It said that the woman heard about Jesus. She heard about the miracles that he performed. He he heard about others being healed. And because of her faith, her trust and confidence that Jesus could heal her, could they didn't say that she was definitely going to be healed, but just the belief in that he could. She took action to seek after him. And what does Jesus say? Because of your faith, you've been healed. But don't, don't miss just the, the physical healing. Notice what Jesus says first at the end of that verse in verse 34. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. Notice what Jesus first talks about. And I, I, this is something that can be completely missed, or this is something that people just want to overlook because we, all we care about are the, the signs and wonders of the physical manifestation that happened here, and I'm going to get to that in just a minute. But notice what Jesus talks about first. He talks about the spiritual healing in her life. She no longer has fear. She no longer has this worry and anxiety and and this pressure of what's going to happen to my life right now. There is a spiritual healing, peace beyond beyond all understanding. You, my daughter, Jesus says to her, because of your faith in me, may your heart be have peace. And on top of that, hey, you've been physically healed as well. Man, I, I, I pray someone hears that today, that it's not just all about the physical healings. While, yes, God can physically heal, and while God could, yes, raise someone from the dead, and while, yes, there have been people who were once dead on the, uh, in an ER room and we're alive again and we praise God for those things. The most important healing that Jesus, that God wants to see in every man is a spiritual healing. Out of all the other miracles, all the other healings that can take place, the most important healing he wants to see take place is a spiritual healing. And so now that we understand what faith is, we need to recognize that genuine faith in Christ causes us to act. Genuine faith in Christ causes us to act. And and we see this with the woman again and the ruler. It caused them to act. What was their action? To seek out Christ. Seek out Christ. They came to him. And that was one of their actions. We actually have a, we have a book in the Bible called the Book of Acts. Let that sink in. Book of Acts. What did, those who were in Christ, those who had the genuine faith of Christ, who were born again, who received the power of the Holy, the power of the Holy Spirit, they acted and built the foundation of the church. And so... Genuine faith in Christ will cause us to act. And the best scriptures that I can think, one of the best scriptures I can think of is found in James chapter 2, verse 14, where James talks about faith without works is dead. And starting at verse 14, he says this, 
What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also faith by itself, if it, is, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one and you do well. Even the demons believe in shudder. Do you want to be shown, you foolish person, that faith apart from works is useless? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith was active along with his works, and faith was completed by his works. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness, and he was called a friend of God. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. And in the same way, was not also Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way? For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. And so... Here's what we need to recognize just from these scriptures a little bit. Number one is that claiming to have faith is actually different from genuine faith. James talks about it right here. Um, talking about that you, you want that, you know, you say, oh, I have faith, I have faith. And he says, well, the demons believe in shudder. That's great that you say you have faith. I'm, I'm glad that you have the mental capacity to say, yeah, I believe and have faith. Yeah, the demons say they have belief and they believe in who Christ is. They shudder. And oh, by the way, they're disobedient to what Christ calls them, what Christ calls us to do. The demons believe, and yet they still act in opposition of God. Hmm. That, that burdens my heart today. How many people who proclaim to be Christians and have, quote-unquote, faith in Christ and yet don't even abide in Him? One thing we do need to recognize, though, is that our works in Christ don't save us. It is not our works that save us. It is our saving faith that produces the works that we do, which then produces the fruits that God calls us to live by because we are obedient to Him. Uh, I don't want people thinking like, oh, I've got to work my way into heaven. That's not what's being said here. I used to live, in a, growing up for 18 years of my life, I, I grew up in a system that taught me you have to work. You have to earn your way to the top. You have to earn your salvation. You have to balance the scales to be, quote, good enough to get into heaven. And maybe some of you have been there and, and you're like, I don't want any part of it because what's the point? 
And that's how I felt. And that's, and that's not what's being proclaimed here. What is being proclaimed here, though, is that because of your genuine faith in Christ and the works that Christ has done, again, not our works, but the works that Christ has done to save us, when we have that genuine faith, we will be obedient to Christ and we will do what he calls us to do, which will then produce the fruits of living by the Spirit. John 15, John 15, 5. I encourage a lot of people just to read John chapter 15 or just read the entire book of John. Um, but John 15, 5 says this. Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Notice that. Apart from him, you can do nothing. So all of these works, all these, quote, good deeds that we think we're doing that can earn us to heaven, it it doesn't. It first comes to having a genuine faith and believing in what Christ has done for us and then being obedient to call, being obedient to him to live to abide by what he wants us to live by. And so you may be asking, well what what does this faith in action look like? And and let's start with Matthew 3:8. Matthew 3:8. John the Baptist says this, bear fruit in keeping with repentance. Bear fruit in keeping with repentance. See, living a genuine faith in Christ, one of the actions we need to take daily is to bear fruit of repentance. And repentance, another word just like faith, is just thrown around very nonchalantly. But repentance means you look at the Scriptures, you read the Scriptures, God tells you to live one way, and you recognize, I'm not. I'm not living according to how God has called me to live. And you may be asking, well, what, what, what is, when I put my faith in Christ, how is God calling me to live? Let's go to uh, Colossians 3. Colossians 3, starting at verse 12. He says this, Put on then as God's chosen ones, Holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. And above all these things, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. So, as you see, I'm counting. There are eight different things that we are supposed to be obedient to. When we abide in Christ, we are to live in these ways, to have compassionate hearts. We are to, be, have, to bear fruits of kindness. We are to be humble, meek. We are supposed to live a life of patience. We are to bear one another. If we have a complaint with someone, we are to forgive the person. These are the fruits that 
Christ calls us to live by. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Those are the way we are supposed to live. When we have genuine faith in Christ, we look at this and say, this is how God wants me to live. And the reason I started with the first with the bare fruit of repentance, because maybe you're like me, who just the other day was reading through Colossians and Galatians and, and 1 Corinthians, you read those. And I'll be honest with you, I read those things and I started to cry. I started to cry. And the reason I started to cry, because I saw my sinful nature. I saw my sinful nature. I saw God wants me to live this way, but sometimes I'm not humble. Sometimes I, 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 I don't forgive. I, I, I'm unforgi- like I don't forgive people. I don't live with patience. I, I, I'm, I get irritable and lack patience with others. And I started to cry and I said, I, I can't do this. I had to come to repentance and asking God for forgiveness. God, I myself alone can't do this, but it is in Christ Jesus. Ephesians, again, the armor of God in Christ who strengthens us. It is through Christ. We can live supernaturally living lives that he called us to do. Because here is the thing. These fruits, these actions... is challenging. I paused there because I was trying to put my thoughts together, but it's challenging. It's impossible in ourselves. It's why we need Christ. And and the reason I, I mention these is because when we think of works, we only see the one side of it. And I want us to understand the whole completion of works, our genuine faith will cause us to be obedient to Christ. While we only sometimes talk about the works of helping others, serving people, um, which all of that is important. We, we, we are commanded to help our neighbors. We're commanded to love our neighbors just as ourselves. But that's only a part of it. There is that other part where God calls us. We need to repent. God calls us to seek Him. We seek Him through prayer. We seek Him through reading the Scriptures. We ask for transformation of our hearts through the power of the Holy Spirit to live in lives that abide by Him. We need to understand the full picture of what it means for our works to bear fruit. And one point I want to make here, I'm thinking about this when it comes to the fruit of patience. And I, I start to see it a lot right now with social media and, and you know, what is going on. And, you know, I'm not going to comment 
on everything of what's going on with COVID-19 and the, and the situation and everything like that. What I will comment, though, is that there are people that are starting to lack patience. It's pretty evident based off what you see on Facebook or Instagram or read in the news. There are people who are becoming less and less patient of um, our country or our states to, quote, reopen. And I think that shows just our, our, our sinful nature, it shows our pride, it shows our wants and desires. And because of our lack of patience for our government officials, I dare say I think there are people, and even those who proclaim to be followers of Christ, who are lacking patience with God. We're lacking patience with God. We say, God, where are you? We've endured this for three, four months now. Where are you? It's time to, quote, open the country again, God. I have plans on to, for vacation. We have plans to gather. We have new buildings. We have new facilities that need to be open. God, where are you? We have money to make. We have lavish lifestyles that we need to get back to again. God, it's time for your timing to get in line with my timing. Here's what God says. Isaiah 55, starting at verse 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return there, but water the, water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word that goes out from my mouth, it shall not return to me empty, but I shall accomplish that which I purpose, and I shall succeed in the thing for which I sent. Thus says the Lord. This is the Lord speaking. His thoughts are way higher than ours. Everything that is going on will be accomplished because he said so. We are no better than the Israelites right now that wandered around in the desert for 40 years. We're complaining because we're locked in our houses for three months. And again, I'm not, I'm not trying to preach about like, I'm not, I'm not going to tackle the government issue and you can argue we have our rights. I'll, I'll say this, Jesus gave up all of his rights. But we need to recognize that God's thoughts, His plans, are so much higher and so much better than our finite minds could ever plan or ever do. And when we have a genuine faith in Christ, and I'm not, I'm not here to say that sometimes we're not going to have our doubts, we're not going to have our struggles, we are called to wrestle out our faith and, and, and and see why we believe what we believe. I'm just saying, though, we, we need to be obedient and submit to God and say, okay, 
things are not going according to my plan, but God, you're in control of all of this. And so I'm going to have that confident trust in you. Think about the leader for a minute. I don't think his plan was to know that his daughter died. His plan was probably to think, if I get Jesus there fast enough before she dies, I will be healed or she will be healed. But the complete opposite happened. She died first. And then she was healed and raised. And I say that, which that that point brings me up to my third point, is that no faith in Jesus Christ has drawbacks. No faith in Jesus Christ has drawbacks. In Matthew 35, going back to that story with with the ruler and his daughter, we saw in verse 35, it said this, that someone came who was at the ruler's house, came and said, your daughter is dead. Don't. Don't trouble the teacher. You don't have to trouble him anymore. They, they had faith in the beginning that, oh, if she was still, that she was still alive, he can heal her. But now that she's dead, we, we don't have faith. In verse 40, Jesus, we, we read here that um, in 39, that there were people who were mourning and just a sidebar and those that were mourning, they were actually professional mourners. I did some research and more about that. There were actually professional mourners during that time who would go to houses of those um, who lost someone and they would professionally weep and mourn and things like that. But, and that's why Jesus says, why are you causing this commotion? And when he said that the child's not dead, just sleeping, what did they do? They laughed. They lacked faith and they laughed at him. And because of their lack of faith, what happened? They were outside. They weren't able to go into the room. Only mother, father, James, John, and Peter were able to go into the room to see the miracle of this girl uh, be raised. And everyone else was outside. I'll get to that point in just a minute. And we also see that Jesus tells, tells the people in the room not to say anything to anyone about what happened. And so when we don't have our genuine faith in Christ, there are drawbacks. And the drawback is that we miss the joy and the glory of the Lord. We miss the joy and the glory of the Lord. There is no other way to God. There is no other way to experience the joy and the glory of God except through Christ Jesus. There are people today that are confused and just like the disciples in John 14 when Jesus, before he's preparing to go to the cross, he says, "How do Thomas said to him, to the Lord, we don't know where you are going. How can we know the way? And in verse 6, Jesus says to him, I am the way, I am the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. John 3.18. Everyone can quote John 3.16, but John 3.18 is just as powerful as John 3.16. It says, whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. We need to We need to recognize that there are not many paths to God. 
Hey, let me put my faith here in Buddha. Let me put my faith here in Jesus. Let me put my faith here in Muhammad. Let me put my faith here in um, Indian spirits here. Let me put my faith in horoscopes. Put my faith in all these little things, and that will get me to God. No. Jesus Christ is the only way. He said it. He is the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through Jesus Christ. And if we do not have a genuine faith in Christ, if we are not born again, which he talks about to Nicodemus in John chapter 3, if we are not born again through the power of the Holy Spirit, we're going to be like those people who were left outside, weren't able to witness the miracle. And that's why I love what I get to do to proclaim the truth of the gospel message, whether people want to hear it, whether they think I'm intolerant, whatever their choice words may be. I love the fact that I can preach God's message because someone had the courage to preach Christ to me. Someone had the courage to tell me I was a sinner but someone died for me in place of me and that I can be in a communion with God. I can be with God for the rest of eternity. And that's my hope and prayer for anyone who is watching this today, that because of your situations, anything that you're dealing with, that maybe you've put your faith in other things, I want to tell you that your faith in Christ Jesus will save you and you will be able to experience the joy and the glory of the Lord. And maybe some of you right now struggle with that. And you're like, well, my faith would be better if I saw signs and wonders. You know, we, we read about these different miracles so far and we see, well, if I was during that during Jesus' time, yeah, I would believe, I would have faith I, I, I wouldn't be like some of those other people. Well, I, I first want to say that Peter was one of the closest disciples to Jesus, and he denied Jesus three times. And so for us to say, oh, if only there was a sign, if there was only a wonder, then I would believe. It's just prideful. It just shows our human nature again that that we think we're somehow above reproach for others. But let's just say you're, you're adamant and you're saying, well, I believe we need signs and wonders to, to really have a genuine faith in Christ for me to really believe. And that's something that's actually being pushed today. Like we need all these signs and wonders and that's our belief in Christ. Let me tell you what Jesus said to Pharisees and religious leaders who demanded a sign from Christ. And the Pharisees and the Sadducees came to test him. They asked him to show them a sign from heaven. He answered them, When it is evening, you say, It will be fair weather, for the sky is red. In the morning, I will be stormy. it will be stormy today, for the sky is red and threatening. You know how to interpret the appearance of the sky, but you cannot interpret the signs of the times. An evil and adulterous generation seeks for a sign. But... No sign 
will be given to it except the sign of Jonah. No sign will be given to it except for the sign of Jonah. If you haven't read Jonah, I encourage you to go read the book of Jonah. Very short book. You can probably get it done within less than 30 minutes. But here's what Jesus is saying. What is this sign of Jonah? The sign of Jonah is the cross and the resurrection. It is the cross and the resurrection. You want a sign? You want to have faith in Christ? You want to say, yes, I can trust Christ. I can believe what he says is true. Things that have come to pass have come to pass already and things that will come to pass. I trust and believe and have confidence that God will make them happen. Go to the cross and go to the empty tomb. Go to the cross and go to the empty tomb because Christ said he had to die. He had to pay a penalty for our sins. He had to die and he would be buried. And three days later, he would rise from that grave. He would rise from that grave. He is not a dead God, but he is a living God that we serve. You want a sign? Your sign is the cross and the empty tomb. Your sign is the cross and the empty tomb. And when someone says, I will die and rise again three days later, I don't know about you. Just like the disciples. Okay. I trust you. I'll be obedient to you. You did what you said you were going to do. Let's put our faith in that sign. We don't need to seek out other signs. And and don't mishear my heart here. I'm not saying that God can't perform miracles. I strongly believe that God can perform miracles. But remember what we've said early on in this this teaching, that the main part of Jesus' ministry was not about the physical miracles that were taking place. Jesus came to proclaim about the kingdom of God. He calls for us to repent. God is more concerned about us experiencing a spiritual healing than a physical healing. God is more concerned about us having a spiritual healing than seeing a physical healing. That is why he tells Nicodemus that we must be born again, that we must be transformed by the rejuvenation, rejuvenation by the Holy Spirit. And when we have genuine faith in Christ, Our genuine faith will be shown by our obedience in Christ. And by our obedience in Christ, people will see the way we live out our faith. Father God, I thank you for this time, Lord. God, I pray that we can have faith Pray that we can have faith like this leader that we just read about. Faith like this woman. Jesus, even faith, as you said, faith like a child, Lord. 
Faith that isn't blind. Faith that doesn't say we can't see what's going on. But a faith that can read your scriptures, can know your words and says, I have complete trust and confidence in, in who Christ says he is and who Christ says he is and what he has done what he will soon do again Father I pray for those right now who are struggling to have their faith in you Lord God I pray that you remove any idols that are causing them to be distracted. I pray that they, in obedience, can just come to you, Lord God, like we saw about this woman and this ruler, God. While they, were, they heard about you, they also acted, Lord. Let us not just be hearers of the word, but let us be doers of the word. Let us abide in you, Lord Jesus. Let us be obedient to you and what you call us to, to live by, to love you first, to love others. Turn away from living a life that the culture calls us to live, but live a life your scriptures call us to live. God, may our hearts come back to enjoying and desiring your word, Lord, so that our faith can be built up, Lord, that we do continuously have a confident trust in your words, Lord. God, I give you all glory and honor in lives that are touched by your words, by your scriptures. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining with me today. And we look forward to talking with you tonight at 7 o'clock on our Zoom hangout. Take care. We hope you're encouraged and equipped by this message. For more messages like these, download the Spotify app and search M-Star Students Ministry. Have a great week, and we hope you join us again.